Welcome to Engineering Misjudgment with me, Shannon. I have a degree in chemical engineering and work as a risk consultant engineer. Eventually, I will tell you more about me, but today is not that day. Today, our topic is the EIA. I can't believe we're in 2022, but I guess new year, same me. For those who are new here, Hello, this is Alphabet Soup, where I discuss organizations that are important and that I mention in the longer incident episodes. I have decided after lots of thought and consideration, the post frequency for this podcast will be every Wednesday, alternating between the Alphabet Soup episodes and the incident episodes. So each month you'll get two of each and on the months that have more than four weeks, so five-ish weeks, you may get an extra episode you may not. It just depends on my vibes and if I have time. To this point, all of my Alphabet Soup episodes have been in the U.S. or U.S.-based organizations. So I'm looking for ones that are international. I have a few in mind, but if you have any that you'd like to hear information about, just let me know. You can always reach out to the podcast through all of our social media sites, which are mostly Twitter and Instagram. So today we are talking about the EIA. So the EIA is the U.S. Energy Information Administration, and it is the statistical and analytical agency within the U.S. Department of Energy, which is also shortened a lot of the times to the DOE. I think that's right. Yeah, DOE. Um, The EIA writes in their mission and overview section that the EIA collects, analyzes, and disseminates independent and impartial energy information to promote sound policymaking, efficient markets, and public understanding of energy and its interaction with the economy and the environment. EIA is the nation's premier source of energy information and, by law, its data analysis and forecasts are independent of approval by any other officer or employee of the U.S. government. That's a full statement from them. I doubt that it's full independent approval, but we'll get into that in the controversy section and kind of my opinions on the EIA later on in this episode. So the vision and the core values of the EIA are the most organized that I've seen so far in my research of any U.S. organization. But It is a little bit problematic because it is the shape of a pyramid. Now, I don't have anything against having all of your values kind of organized in a pyramid, but I feel like pyramid schemes, pyramid graphics, I would stay away from it. But the EIA decided otherwise, and it is really pretty. So maybe that was a good choice to kind of display what they believe in. Uh, The EIA is one of a couple federal statistical agencies that produce official government numbers for public use. When you hear politics podcasts mention white papers, a lot of the times these statistics come from statistical agencies like the EIA. Other EIA type statistical agencies you may be more familiar with um, are the Census Bureau, which is under the U.S. Department of Commerce, and the National Center for Science and Engineering Statistics, which goes by NCSES, which is under the National Science Foundation. NSF, which people who have had to look for research funding are very familiar with the National Science Foundation. The statistical agencies are decentralized, so good luck if you actually think you're going to find everything in the same place. 
most other countries have one agency that handles all of the country's statistics. So, for example, I looked up just like the Canada's one and they have a specific statistician for their whole country. And on that website, they have links to all the different types of things that we have separate websites for. So there probably is kind of like a catalog for all the agencies and how they're listed. But I haven't found that website. And if you do, let me know and I'll talk about it. But I just I just know the name. So I just go to their main website. And that's kind of how I find these things. Uh, The statistical agencies are kind of managed by their parent department. And by default, that is the Office of Management and Budget, which is shortened for the OMB. And the OMB has a chief statistician. Because I am a child of the internet and I am too nosy, I went and looked on USA Jobs, which usually has most of your federal job postings, to see if the role for OMB statistician is still open. And it said it was closed as of November 4th, and they're reviewing applications. And I don't know how true that is, but there isn't a current statistician or chief statistician in that role. So we'll see who actually gets announced to do that. Um, And if you don't believe me, I linked the actual job description that says that applications were closed in the sources. So have fun with that. According to the EIA, the organization was, quote, created in response to the need for additional federal initiatives to collect and disseminate energy-related information and to evaluate and analyze this information. The EIA and related organizations are a result of the 1970s energy crisis. During this time, oil consumption in the U.S., Canada, and Europe were increasing while the U.S. oil production within the country was decreasing. More imported oil was being used and Americans at first weren't told to ration fuel. I had conversations with family and friends who are much older than me that confirmed that to be true. Gas prices did rise at the time, but politicians believed imported oil suppliers couldn't afford to cut off the U.S. completely. And the people who made that bet were completely incorrect. This was a bad, bad call that led to a new era of oil wars and the 1973 oil crisis. In 1973, the oil crisis was caused by the Organization of Air Petroleum Exporting Countries, who proclaimed an oil embargo. This organization is different than OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which has Arab and non-Arab members. I'm not going to go into too much detail about OPEC but we will circle back in in another episode. I have thoughts and feelings, of course, about the organization that's mentioned so much and is sometimes described as allegedly an oil cartel. I don't want anyone to come after me. That was on a history website. So they said it. I'm going to say it, quoting them. In 1974, the Federal Energy Administration was created as a part of the executive branch. Later, in 1976, the Office of Energy Information and Analysis was established within the Federal Energy Administration. Then just one year later, the Federal Energy Administration was consolidated into the new Department of Energy and the Office of Energy Information and Analysis was separated into its own agency known as the EIA now. And this, my friends, is inefficient bureaucracy at work 
which honestly was perfected by the U.S. of A, because why did it take them that long to realize that we needed a whole, like, department of energy? But anyway, the day-to-day operations um, are run by a budget of about $126.8 million. That was for 2021 and 2020. There was no difference or increase between the two years. For comparison, the 2021 budget for the EPA was like $10 billion, and for the Chemical Safety Board was $13 million. So that can kind of give you an idea of where the EIA falls as far as like staff and how much money they have to work with. The acting administrator and deputy administrator is the same person, which is Stephen Nally. Nally was appointed in 2018. The other top administrators at the EIA have a similar education to the deputy administrator and acting administrator, which include mostly political science, history, and business. Most of the EIA, most of the EIA's information is through many forms of media that you can find for free on their website. The organization states over and over that they have all this information for free on their website. And this is the only active way that I've interacted with the EIA. I haven't really seen like any like booklets or manuals that are sent out, but I know they have them. They just all have them for free on their website. The EIA seeks sees stakeholders as anyone interested in energy information and anyone who wants to use this for policy means. They produce various documents and tools, but the most interesting ones are the Annual Energy Outlook, the U.S. Energy-Related Carbon Dioxide Emissions, the U.S. Energy Mapping System, and the Oil Gas Reserves data. You can find almost anything in these documents, especially in the charts of the annual reports. Most information is collected through EIA-sponsored surveys with specific survey managers for each. The EIA also documents sources and methodologies in all of their distributed documents, which is so cool for transparency reasons because you truly can follow where the survey came from, who's managing it, when is it closed, when did it open, so you can see when that information was taken, which is really, really cool, at least to me. The data um, also can come from other government organization surveys. A common organization where data is pulled from for the EIA is the Department of Interior. At the same time, even though data collection is done under the supervision of the EIA, the agency does indicate some work is done by engineering consulting companies, which can be a good thing because now the EIA doesn't have to directly do it, but it also can be a bad thing because who knows what they're actually doing within their organizations. Um, I do assume or try to give EIA credit for saying that they do supervise them and they are pretty transparent when they do use an outside consulting company. So controversy. The biggest thing about the EIA is that their models for projection on all types of energy types, whether it be renewables or oil and gas or anything like that of how much we're going to be using in the future are actually trash. They're so, so wrong. And I don't know the time that they're actually have been very accurate. They do a lot of really good real-time information, but the projections are awful. Here's something from Michael Garnwald um, in Politico in 2015, and I apologize for saying his name incorrectly. In 2009, the federal government's Energy Information Administration made a forecast for the next two decades. 
U.S. wind power would grow modestly, reaching 44 gigawatts of generating capacity in 2030, while solar power would remain scarce and inching up to 12 gigawatts. Just six years later, U.S. wind capacity is already up to 66 gigawatts, and solar has shot up to 21 gigawatts. There is now enough installed wind and solar power to power 25 million American homes, more than three times what the EIA expected before President Obama took office. So yeah, the article was from 2015, so it is a little bit outdated, but it still gets across the point that the EIA does say that the projection should be used as a reference case and is more of a conservative case, but media outlets and everyone else like uses it as truth. The main reason the EIA is so off is they assume the status quo in kind of two ways. They assume, one, that legislatively nothing changes, and two, that there's no like growth in capacity or technological advances. They're only projecting off what they know in that year. So once the annual report is out for 2021, It'll just be all the projections for the next 50 years will be based off what we could produce and what we have legislation for in 2021. So, yes, the real time data is really good. The projections are really bad. But most media outlets want to talk about the future to keep talking about something. And those projections that they use aren't that great to just kind of be putting out there. My general opinions um, on the EIA, it's interesting to me that an organization focused on statistics doesn't have any by-degree energy engineers or statisticians in their top four leadership positions. I personally don't put too much weight on someone's degree because career paths are different and you get various skill sets and lots of settings. But even in their previous roles described in the public and private sector, it's unclear to me What makes them qualify for their role? Like, I don't get it. You know, along with that, nothing seems fully staffed in any of these government organizations. They don't really have an acting. They have acting, but the deputy administrator is the same person. Um, I attempt to remain optimistic about what the United States could do on a transition away from fossil fuels to non-fossil fuel energy, but the math is not mathing. I have worked in a few understaffed customer service situations and it is not ideal. So to have an organization that's responsible for all of the energy statistics not to be fully staffed, it's not looking good for us. And when it comes to the modeling, I have used these models and we're encouraged to use these models all throughout school. Uh, to make assumptions. I mean, for someone who went to and had a degree that was really based in energy balances, mass balances, things where you have something coming in, something coming out, and you want to calculate, you know, how that happens. The EIA is a really useful source, especially when you're doing projects. So I didn't really ask too many questions when I was doing my research um, for various things while I was in college um, on using the EIA, EIA information. But Knowing now that they don't take into account technological advances and they don't take into account changes in legislation, they only do like what it is now. It's not great. It's not looking good. So it's bad because the predictions are off. But honestly, it's all we got. 
All right. So that's all I got on the EIA. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at ENG underscore misjudgment for photos and send a DM if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. I'm really excited for 2022. I know it's been a rough two years for me at least, but almost everyone I know and probably a lot of other people I don't know. Um, But I'm really excited for collaborations that are coming soon. And I really hope y'all stay tuned in and hear those. But Thank you so much for listening. Dumb Spiro Sparrow. Bye.